1: Welcome to the Locked on Flyers podcast for Monday, December 20th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is super happy for Oscar Limblom. What a game he had on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was fun.
1: Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers to keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at our I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk a little bit about that game versus Ottawa and get caught up on some of the league news, especially as it relates to COVID. And we'll wrap up with our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ, there is like a lot of ups and downs in the league overall. We'll get to that in the next segment. But as far as the Flyers are concerned, we got Joel Farabee back, which was great. Good to see Mm -hmm. him return to action. Uh, unfortunately, Max Wilman was put into COVID protocol, and Carter Hart was sick. Where I don't think we even know yet what was wrong with him. But
0: nobody, nobody's saying it's really weird.
1: It is very weird, which is you know fair if they don't know. Yeah. Uh, So, the backup goaltender slot was a bit of a dicey situation, as we are aware of what's been going on with the Phantoms. Uh, Of course, Martin Jones played in net, and they wound up calling up Felix Sandstrom in an emergency capacity as the backup, but he had been kind of out with a a sinus infection. We talked about that on last Tuesday's episode. So. That was fun for about three or four hours when we didn't know who the backup was going to (laughs) be. As far as the game went, it was nice to see the Flyers actually win in overtime. Um, Not sure I liked how we got to overtime. I I know the Flyers did come back to retie it up at three to force the overtime, but losing that lead was not
0: ideal. No, there was a slog. That second period slog was pretty bad. I mean... Really, there was a slug after like nine minutes of the first period. But the second period was really bad. And it's funny because they completely dominated Ottawa for most of that first period. And then towards the end, Ottawa was getting a little bit of offense, a few chances, not much. Um, but it, it was like, it, I don't want to say the Flyers took their foot off the gas because they didn't. I just think um, the Sens got yelled at and started to play a little better after the 2 nothing Then... In the second period, things just got weird for the Flyers. Like they just didn't look the same. They kind of were like falling back into their old habits. A little more space on defense. Not great zone entries. That put Ottawa back in the in the driver's seat for a while. This was not a great matchup for goalies. I'm not a Anton Forsberg supporter at all. And felt like even when you see shots that deflect, you still have to sort of hold into your basics where if you have your leg against the post, even a double deflection, and I think that was, what, the Farrabee goal, Mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't have gone in, even if you don't see it. That's part of, you know, goaltenders don't always see everything that's coming at them. Like, I I, I know fans always want to say, well, you didn't see that. Yeah, that's part of the position is not seeing it. But also part of the position is you sort of stick with your discipline, and sometimes the puck finds you. And you can make that safe. But at any rate, that was kind of interesting. The There were a couple things, like, from the Ottawa side, Alex Fermentin was hard for the Flyers to handle. Again, just another speed burner that, boy, he the, the Yandel turnover. He he made Yandel, Yandel look old, slow. And then Yandel just didn't even sort of try and battle to get the puck back for Fermentin before he, you know, went in uh, all by himself on Jones, which... If nothing else, just trip the guy at that point. Like, it was just nothing. And I've gotten to the point with Keith Yandel, I know we sort of treaded with it a few weeks ago, I don't care about the record. Nobody should care about the record. You need to get him out of the lineup. I think Keith Yandel, at this point, is not what the Flyers thought he was. Last year, there was a moment where Florida sort of reeled him back in, Quenville sat him, and... He was able to to recover. This Keith Yandel is not going to be able to recover. I've spoken to more than a few writers, and we're all kind of in agreement. Do something else. So that means you have to go with connaughton Sealer for a little while, fine. Or if you go with connaughton Zamula, fine. But just getting Yandel out of the lineup will be a positive at this point.
1: You bring up an interesting point there, because I I am in agreement with you that Yandel just has looked – pretty rough over the past stretch of games. And even as the Flyers have had, you know, moments or or periods of really solid play, I don't think Yandel has been one of the guys really contributing largely to the success that they've had. And I just wonder, I mean, is Cannot and Sealer a better option overall I I don't know. I I don't know that Zamula is ready to come up either, but sometimes you just have to do those things, right?
0: Yeah. I I will say this. Connaughton is exactly what I thought he would be and what the Flyers thought he would be. He can skate better than Sealer, and he can get the puck out of the zone with the first pass. So if nothing else, if you do that, that's about half of what you expected from Yandel. I mean, forget about Yandel on the power play now because... Now the risk of turnover is too great. You're not going to see him there anyhow. So I really do feel like Connaughton could pull off half of this. And then if Sealer's not in that spot and he really just literally has to stay back and play defense, he can do it to some degree. He's still going to have some penalties, but he does block shots. I think you could get by with it. It'd be better with Zamula because of the mobility and potential to actually score and just the athleticism. But I think either way is an upgrade at this point. And I I hope – Mike Yeo looks at it that way and doesn't just fall back into the, well, you know, Keith Yandel's a veteran and I have to respect him. You know, there, there just comes a time where you just say, he's not helping us. And in this game, had the Flyers lost the game, we definitely would be saying Keith Yandel has a big responsibility in this loss.
1: Yeah, I, I say for sure. Now, you know, I'm looking at the next stretch of games and like when when do you make that change? You know, it just none of the next four games on the Flyers schedule seem ideal. But I guess sometimes you just gotta do it.
0: You just do it. I'm just yeah I'm just doing it now because at this point I know what I'm getting from Keith Yandle. I think the window is has been large enough that it's clear. So now I will just use him as an extra. If somebody's hurt, there's a COVID situation, I could plug in Keith Yandle, that's great. Every game? No.
1: All right. I want to talk about a good defenseman on the team now in Travis Sanheim, because I thought he had a tremendous game. Of course, he had the overtime winner, which was a a really great pass from Cam Atkinson, by the way. Yes. But I I do think that over the last month and especially I think it's it's so weird. But even if Ristolainen himself has made individual errors, he has overall helped Sanheim become the defenseman that we thought he could be
0: yeah we we were talking about it albeit out of sequence because of the way we have to tape sometimes we've been talking about how he's getting better every every week and and we've been pretty positive about Sandheim for at least a few weeks and now it's finally kicking in so we'll give Mike Yo some credit with that but I do think Ristolainen does does get most of the credit because I just think his physical ability, and he made a nice stop yesterday of a sure goal. Those kinds of things, I think, have given Sanheim the ability to take the puck the other way and use the offensive ability that we know mm-hmm. he has. But I think, I think he was holding back a little. I was a little, uh, you know, nervous about it because having to make sure you know things are covered defensively. I mean, it's not really a surprise, but Sanheim Ristolainen is their best pairing. Like oh, it is. by far by far. It, I mean it's, it's just the, yeah, it's clear it's the way it's been that way for a while for a little while now and so, you know, that's good. And so yeah, I'm I'm happy to see Sanheim do this. This is a boost for for the defense. But again, and and I think Braun's playing fine. I mean, I I really do. I actually laughed at that hook yesterday. It was maybe the most blatant hook I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and it just it made me chuckle, but uh, Ivan Proforov and you know I'm a big supporter he he has taken a few steps back and is still struggling with decision making now and that and that worries me a little bit
1: It does for me as well but again I think that you know the fact that that Sandheim Risto pairing has stepped up a little bit makes me feel much better overall sure and it should about the defense on this team we will talk a little bit about martin jones and then all of the chaos around the league in the next segment want to make sure we recognize claude Giroux tying barber's record second place in points overall for his career at 883 love to see that uh but before we get to that other topic of conversation that maybe we don't want to what we do want to talk about is the holiday season this week, which I can't believe it's here already. But if you're running around like crazy, trying to shop for last minute gifts, Bilt Bar is the perfect treat to bring along with you. It's filled with so much holiday goodness. It's rich with decadent flavor and covered in chocolate. But Bilt Bars are amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. While being high in protein, you get the best of both worlds. And there are so many great flavors to choose from. Are you going to have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Bilt Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. And if you want to cozy up with something warm, dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. You let it melt a little. And so your hot chocolate is going to have a little bit of Bilt Bar flavor, which is really nice. And if you like those marshmallow treats around the holidays, get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and taste so good, you won't believe they're filled with protein. So go to Bilt.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, so, you know, we got to see Martin Jones in net probably unexpectedly due to the illness uh, that Carter Hart is experiencing. And... We are obviously seeing Martin Jones a little bit more than we had wanted to at the beginning of the season, but Russ, you had some uh, stats on him so far.
0: Yeah, I'm basically looking him up his um his goals against like that's partial's team stat, partial uh, you know Jones stat. Um, what's interesting is most of the time if he's starting a game, if I'm in a conversation, I'm always like, you know he's going to give up three goals a game. And I hadn't looked at his goals against in a while, but it's 3.33. He really is going to give up three goals a game. Mm-hmm. Take that however you want. If you think that's good, great. If you don't, great. But that's around 45th in the league or so, um, which puts you probably in the middle of backup goalies. Now, the same percentage is 31st. So 31st does put him ahead of other starters in the league, So, so that's, you know, he's, he's, that's where the improvement is compared to San Jose. There's a slight improvement. It's like a 907 compared to something like an 896 or an 898. Um, So I think there's been a little bit of an uptick in Martin Jones, but I have to tell you, there were times last night uh, he was playing pinball out there with rebounds. I'm sure you saw it in the third period and it was just like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, I think that's my my biggest observation on him is that he gives up too many rebounds. That I think um, whether it's a decision-making thing of him choosing to not cover or it's a just this is how he's choosing to block, you know, and, and deflect shots off, allowing the opponent to have maybe some additional chances. I, I think he needs a little bit better control of that.
0: And the other thing I've noticed and I think other teams have noticed if you put the right fake on him, he bites hard on it. And then they could just pass the puck to the other side and get a wide open net. He has done that, I think, on his last at least two or three starts that he's had.
1: Like I said, they're using him more often than they thought they would need to. So, But then again, when you have a, a goaltender or tandem where it's definitely a, a you know a 1A, 1B situation... Mm-hmm. you have to be prepared for that second goaltender to play more than you think. And you have to account for that in, you know, who you put in that position. No question. All right. Uh, moving along to the thing that we really don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about it because it's important. Um, the latest in COVID numbers and such across the league, as of Saturday, the player count had gotten to 101, the staff count had gotten to 40, and there were um, at least 13 officials, not to mention, you know, potential ancillary people that they don't even officially list. So, you know, that led to at least three teams being shut down for the Christmas holiday. And a lot of people are asking questions about should the league go on pause until after christmas just to allow a reset and maybe get some clear testing because they did change the protocols for the league um, to increase testing uh, increase mask usage limit staff contact we saw that on saturday night you know the post game presser was over zoom only there was no in person right Um, where where do you stand currently on all this
0: well, I do think by tomorrow, it'll be like six or seven teams that'll be shut down. I'm not even sure the Leafs will play their next game either, which is like on the 23rd, and it's a day game. Well, not a day game, but an earlier game. So I think there's some of that. I think the, the rising numbers, I told you that I felt like I was wondering how tight teams were before the reminder in their locker rooms. Were they wearing masks at all times in their locker rooms? If I had to take a guess, I would say no. But then we saw a report that with some charter airlines that teams had to be told to mask up and some and some teams weren't listening, like some players weren't listening. And so that's bad when a report like that gets out there saying that, yeah, teams on these charter flights, they're basically not being in tight protocol. I think you can contribute those kinds of factors to the spread.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think one of the other interesting aspects to all this is, you know, the nature of hockey itself. And Marissa and Jemmy, who covers the Kraken for the Seattle Times, uh, wrote a really interesting article where she talked to some epidemiologists about the sport of hockey and why the spread might be more in it. And basically, what they were saying is that the cool temperatures plus the glass around it lead to like a micro level inversion that traps particles in the rink and that that increases the potential for the virus to spread in that environment, you know, and especially when nobody's wearing masks. So to me, that is more the case in the practice rinks where I think the spread is more likely to occur than in the bigger arenas that have the better filtration systems yes. as well as, you know, less of that inversion effect because there's more space around the rink itself.
0: Well, as an example, could we draw something that, you know, the flames, they have the oldest rink and the Bruins isn't exactly a new rink. And so you do kind of wonder, are those contributing factors? I think the the red herring here is though everybody's like, well, you know, the Omicron the is not that big a deal. Guys get it, and they barely get symptoms and whatever. Yeah, that's all well and good. But the other issue is there's another one coming up on its heels, and we don't know what that one's going to be like. So if all of a sudden you loosen the protocols because you think, and again, some people are saying, well, let's not have a pause, which I do mm-hmm. think they should have one. I think they should have one from Christmas to the Winter Classic. Uh, be more like the NFL where, hey, if you're you know showing but you're asymptomatic – let them play. And I think that is just lunacy. I think because, again, you don't know what day the other virus is going to hit when that one's all of a sudden going to be in vogue and we don't know how it will be. And so why would you take the chance? Like, why would you all of a sudden let your guard down?
1: Yeah. And it also puts other people at risk, like family members who may not may have conditions, they're immunocompromised or something of that nature where It's, you know, it's not just the players and the coaches that are to be considered here. It's everybody around it. It's staff members. It's equipment staff. It's, you know, like I said, it's family members and friends. And it's not, I don't think it's okay. It's not okay, I think, at this point, you know, from a player's standpoint to create a bubble situation again. Because I I just don't think that's fair to ask the players to do it.
0: No, I agree with that. Over the break, go get your booster shot. Because most teams, Mm -hmm. while everybody's mostly double-vaxxed in this league, there's still a ton that don't have boosters. So that's, you know, the Islanders pointed that out on a tweet. They had to correct Barry Trotz because I guess he said that they were boostered up. They're not. They've offered it, but not everybody has taken it. Everybody should be taking the booster in the league at this point.
1: 100% agree with that. It's, uh, you know... It's not the best of situations right now, but we'll definitely keep track of it. And uh, we'll see if the Flyers are actually playing a game on Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, that'll be in question. And all the traffic, let's not even talk about what that's going to be like. But let's talk about Bet Online. They have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile desktop to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts.
1: Thanks for making Locked on Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Russ, it's that time again. It's Monday. So we are going to bring you our nemesis of the week. Ah, As
0: I shake my fist. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: If you're newer to the program, each Monday, we try to identify who or what in hockey, you know, is getting our goat is our official nemesis for this upcoming week. Last week, we talked about the task of winning winnable games. So we had the Devils, the Habs and Ottawa on deck and, you know, looking ahead to it, you know, with hindsight, we said that they should get five out of the six points and we surmise that maybe we'd drop the point versus New Jersey. Well, they did drop a point. It was just against the Habs, <laughs> not New Jersey. And they almost dropped a point against the Sens. But they got it. So they got the right number of points. Just maybe not the way we drew it up.
0: No, I mean, that's fine. I think they're they're on a slight road to recovery. I think even Mike Yo realizes that they're hearing some things and not hearing other things. So, this is what it is right now. Maybe they get that help on the bench uh, in the next week or so. I mean, I don't know. Chuck needs to do something about it. You can't put it all on Mike Yo like this.
1: No, I think you know it's a tough job for him right now, trying to take care of of everything, and you know, having like second eyes just to even give him feedback on his staff yes. that report to him. Other you know, as opposed to more third party outside forces that don't directly report to him. I think that does him a disservice in, in all of this. But moving ahead to this week's nemesis. I think it's just really, for me, the general unknown. We don't know if these games that are on the schedule will happen this week, or if they do, what kind of shape they will take based on who may or may not be available. So I think, you know, it it makes it hard for us to predict or or to look ahead and say the Flyers need to do X, Y, and Z. But I think it also makes it difficult for the Flyers, right, for them to plan adequately and to practice, you know, they're like canceling extra practices i think all the teams are in order to deal with testing and that certainly doesn't help
0: it doesn't but i will say this i think right now it's better to have yo in there than to have Vino, considering the i would say the covid situation was was bad with Vino. he didn't like it he didn't adapt well to it at least it's not affecting the way yo does his job so that's a big positive
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that for the most part. It does kind of get me sometimes when coaches say, you know, I've got my head buried and I can't be bothered with what's going on in the world. Sometimes, like, the lack of humanity there bothers me. I, I understand, like, why it is the way it is. It just gets to me sometimes.
0: No, I get it. You're human. Like, I understand.
1: All right. Just uh, one more thing before we get to our Flyers. Fun thing I thought we should mention around the league that I thought was really interesting. We talked last week about the Habs and the Flyers, you know, firing people. Well, in Winnipeg, Paul Maurice stepped down himself as head coach of that team where he just was like, yeah, like, I I just don't have the room anymore anymore. And I think it's time, which is, I think, almost unheard of in this league for a coach.
0: It is. But Mark Chipman, the owner, is very good friends with him, as with Chevrolet Dayoff, So I think it's kind of like a unique situation. But, you know, a week ago I said, I don't know why they haven't fired Maurice. I wouldn't have brought him back this year. I, I basically didn't pick Winnipeg to be in the playoffs because I basically said they've tuned him out. He's lost the room. Now there is this thing now where you're not allowed to say anybody lost the room anymore, but you are allowed to say players tune them out. well, sorry, but if you tune somebody out, you've lost the room. What seemed to be the, the factor here though, is, you know, over the summer. And and again, I love Paul Maurice, like his honesty. He was like, Hey, I went into the office and said, you guys still think I'm the guy for the job? And they said, yes, that was their opportunity to say no. But you know what? Maybe they just didn't feel like doing a search. That's what it seems like to me. It's like, nah, you could do it, Paul. Go back at it. And then so now this year he comes into it. His heart's probably not all the way in it. And then when Blake Wheeler leaves the locker room, because that locker room had some factions. He was the faction, I think, that was in, in favor of Maurice. Once he was gone, uh that didn't leave a lot of uh, allies for Paul Maurice, I think. And I think he saw the writing on the wall.
1: Well, Dave Lowry is the interim head coach there for now. And we'll see how that affects the Jets moving forward. But uh, we're going to wrap things up with a Flyers fun thing. And that's Ivan Provorov getting his uh, 400th start in a row as a Philadelphia Flyer, of course, had to celebrate with his dog, Drake, in a very cute picture with a, you know, a balloons, like 400 in inflatable balloons. It's very cute.
0: It's nice. I just kind of wonder, like Drake had this post, how did Drake get the balloons? Did Alexa help Drake? Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Drake has a lot of help.
0: Definitely has a staff. We'll say that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And a stylist and, and all of that. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. I think we're going to be previewing a game versus the Washington Capitals, but that is TBD at this point. Yes. <laughs> Anything could happen. Um, But we will talk about the Phantoms and what's been going on in Lehigh Valley. So definitely want to tune in for that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
0: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
1: You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, and it's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a great day.